This Week on American Idols. Honey. Yes, dear. Are you ready for bed yet? Yes. Honey, why do you have whipped cream all over your face? This isn't whipped cream. This is Avon's Miss America Rejuvenating Night Mask. Honey, sit down. Why do you have that on your face? Well, Junior looked at me today, and he asked me when people start getting lines on their faces. Oh, Junior doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, yes, he does. I looked into the mirror, and you can play tic-tac-toe all over my face. Oh, fiddle-faddle. You're just as beautiful as the day you were runner-up for Miss Squash Queen at the Pumpkin County Fair. Oh, honey, you know just what to say. I need to go tuck Junior in now, though. Hold on a second. We need to take this off your face, or Junior will have nightmares. Oh, honey... <laughs> Hello, everybody. As you can tell, I'm not with you this weekend. I'm actually in Fairfax, Virginia with a church there. But since I was not with you last weekend, I did not want to go two weeks on a break from our series on American Idols. So I've chosen this video format to consider our next idol, the God-named looks. Now, when I think about my own looks, I realize I am a walking economy. I reflect what's going on in our own culture. My hair is in recession. My stomach is in inflation. And the whole thing has put me in a deep depression. You see, this wouldn't be true everywhere, but it is true in the country where I live. We are a culture that inundates us with messages that we need to care so much about our looks. Uh, boutiques like this one and salons and workout rooms, wonderful places, but in some cases, they've become our new shrines. Everywhere you go, you see people, even at church, who are totally sold out to this God named looks we're so sold out to the god named looks we're willing to overlook almost anything else about people maybe you heard the story of the husband that said to his wife one day how can you be so pretty and so dumb and she said well god made me pretty so you would love me and god made me dumb so i would love you you see that's often how we judge people simply by the external we are a culture enamored with image. Now, what distorted doctrine undergirds the worship of this idol? Well, let's think about that for a moment. Okay, cut. I'm sorry, Rick. Your, your forehead's way too shiny. Makeup. <sighs> hey, turn the camera off. Ah, we're back. Like I said... We just care way too much in this culture about how we look. And the idol says, and this is important, the reason we worship the God of looks is because the idol says to look good is better than to be good. Now think about this. In so many different arenas of life, we care more about the external. The athlete can be a lawbreaker. But if he can run a 4-3 or dunk the ball, he gets second chances because he looks so good on the field. Or the actress can be a train wreck, constantly in the paper for one dysfunction after the other. But she makes the magazine covers because to look good is better than to be good. Uh, 
in politics. It's a fact that most of us don't know the real platforms of the candidates. We, we listen to sound bites. We get impressions, and they know that to look good is the key to being elected. And it's not just our country that has this uh, idol worship. You remember the opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Beijing. One billion people watched this beautiful little girl named Lynn. And they heard the beautiful voice sing Ode to the Motherland. But then later we learned that voice wasn't nine-year-old Lynn's voice. It was seven-year-old Yangi's voice. But you see, the Chinese officials determined that she didn't have the right look. As they put it, it wasn't right for the national interest to show her singing. And so it led to what one critic called a fake loveliness. There is intense pressure in our culture to present this fake loveliness, to have the right image. But our pursuit of beauty is for many turning out quite badly. I was talking with uh, Shannon Herman, the wife of our new senior high youth minister. Shannon specializes in helping young people with eating disorders. She tells me, There are currently 10 million young girls in this country suffering from eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia. They've even created chat rooms where they can get online and encourage each other in their sickness. Some cut themselves so that they can have a pain to mask the emotional pain they feel because they don't have the right body image. And the priest that are promoting the worship of this god or goddess called looks, won't tell you some important things. Like, for example, that it is unattainable for most of us. Let's face it, we aren't all born tall, dark, and handsome, or with high cheekbones and narrow waist. Abraham Lincoln said, The Lord prefers common-looking people. That's the reason He made so many of them. We are pursuing a goal most of us can never reach. I remember several years ago, I read a magazine article where Cindy Crawford, the famous swimsuit model, said, you've got to understand that when I go in for a shoot, there is two hours of the best makeup artists and hair people in the world working on me, and then the greatest photographers in the world take my pictures, and then a computer touches it all up, and that's what you see on the magazine. Then she said, Even Cindy Crawford doesn't get up in the morning and look like Cindy Crawford. And so this worship is pursuing a goal that for most of us is simply unattainable. And for the rest, it is unsustainable. Because I don't care what infomercial you're listening to. I don't care what machine you buy to work on your core or to replace hair that you're losing or to get the wrinkles out of your face, or the unwanted pounds off of your waist, the reality is nothing can keep external beauty from fading away. So if your whole identity is built up in your looks, then who are you when people stop looking? You see, the worship of looking good is the result of thinking bad. It's built on a couple of deceptions I want to visit with you. And the first is this, that looks can keep mortality at bay. 
Maybe you remember the story of the older couple and they're in bed. And she says to her husband, you know, when we first married, you used to lay right next to me in bed. And he kind of moaned and scooted over closer to her in bed. And then she said, you know, when we first married, you used to put your arm around me. And so he moaned again and stretched his arm and put it around her. And she said, you know, when we first married, you would roll over and nibble on my ear. And at that, he threw the sheets back and got out of the bed and walked off. And she said, where are you going? He said, to get my teeth. You see, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Outwardly, we are wasting away. And nothing the goddess of look can sell us can change that. Uh, Last week, I woke up one day, and I had pain in my back. And it lasted for several days, and it was quite uncomfortable. And everybody would ask me, what did you do to your back? And so I finally I got to see a doctor. And you know what he said? You didn't do anything to your back. You've lived for 50-something years, and that back has worked well. And now your back is telling you it needs a break. It wants to rest. Because outwardly, I'm fading away. I appreciate how that verse looks from the message. It says, on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. You see, our bodies are publicity posters for the reality of death. And I don't care what shrine you go to, for the God name looks, you can't change that reality. In fact, isn't it true that the people who keep trying to often wind up looking foolish? You know what I'm talking about. You see people who are continuing to pour dye in their hair and get plastic surgery and wear clothes that they shouldn't be allowed to wear because they're 30 years too old to wear them. And they look silly because they think looks can keep mortality at bay. That's a deception. Let me show you another deception. That looks is the same thing as beauty. You see, in the Bible, there is a difference between glamour and real beauty. And the reason is because, as God said to the prophet Samuel, man looks on the outward appearance But the Lord looks on the heart. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 3. Now this verse is written to women, but it applies equally to both genders. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. Let me ask you a question. What if the condition of your soul was as visible to everyone else as the condition of your body? Would we be spending so much time on how we look on the outside if people could see the inside as well? Because God can. God doesn't care if your teeth are crooked. He cares if your life is. God doesn't care how well you put makeup on your face. God cares about the makeup of your character. See, God doesn't care if your skin has become calloused. He cares if your heart has become calloused. God isn't concerned that people run up to you and ask you all the time, how do you stay in such good shape? God wants people to come up to you and say, How do you stay so godly and so joyful 
in such troubled times. God wants people to look at you and worship Him. He wants people to see the beauty of Jesus in us. I'm reminded of the old Quaker uh, writer and scholar Rufus Jones who was talking one time about the importance of Christians having a radiant countenance. And he said afterwards a woman came up to him that had, he said quite honestly, a very plain looking face. And she said, what would you do if you had a face like mine? And he was fairly plain looking himself. And he said, I have learned that if you light it up from within, any old face will do. Now, let me illustrate. Some years ago, someone gave me a very nice gift. They gave me a beautiful leather briefcase so that I could put sermons and Bibles and books in it when I go places to speak. And do you know what happened on the very first trip? Somebody stepped on it and scuffed it all up, and it bothered me. And I didn't like how it made me feel. So I went to a little uh, flea market, and I found this. And for a few bucks, I found this old canvas briefcase I've used now for about 20 years. You can step on it. It's got stains all over it. You can wash it. But here's the thing. What really matters about a briefcase? How it looks on the outside or what's inside? This is the briefcase I have with me in Virginia today. And inside is my Bible and the notes I'm going to use for this sermon. What really matters? The content inside or the look on the outside? And if I don't bring a word from the Lord today that is good and strong, do you think anybody is going to say, but that doesn't matter because look at how cool his briefcase is? You see, our bodies are like this briefcase. What God cares about is the content on the inside. So what I'd like to do now is share with you some thoughts on how we can pursue real beauty, inner beauty. How we can resist the values of a world in search for ways to resist fading external beauty and pursue instead the beauty that God loves, the beauty that really lasts. But to do that, we're going to need to change venues. So wait for me for just a moment. One more. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hey. Yeah, just doing a little lifting, working out, trying to get in shape. And it's working, I can tell. I'm getting stronger. In fact, uh, next week I'm going to put some of these little round weight thingies on the end and that's supposed to make it even harder. Uh, See, I, I want you to understand something. I'm not trying to say it's wrong to care about whether or not we're in shape or how we look or how we dress. It's not wrong to buy a new outfit or go to a salon or to get a membership at a gym. What's wrong is when we worship our bodies instead of offering our bodies as worship to God. So let me ask you to make three decisions with me this weekend about toppling the idol of looks. Here's number one. Decide to be a good steward of your body. Now remember, the Bible says that God made us physical creatures, and He declared our physicalness is good. Now it is true that sin has infected our bodies, and that these current bodies are are destined for the dust, but they still belong to God. 
and they need to be stewarded for God's glory. You remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. God cares about how we use our bodies. They can be used to dishonor Him, or they can be used for His glory. You have the same idea in Romans 12, verse 1. Paul says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, the reality is, as we've already mentioned, there is nothing we can do, nothing we can buy. You can't lift enough. You can't lose enough to forestall the fading process. But we're under no obligation to speed it up. I do not think God is honored when we don't take care of our bodies. When we abuse tobacco and alcohol or drugs. When we don't eat well and become gluttons. When we allow worry to literally break our bodies down. God is not honored by this. We're destined for dust, but in the days that we have remaining, let's live well to the glory of God. Let me give you this challenge. Age to the glory of God. Because remember, God has wonderful, eternal plans to raise up our bodies. So decide to be a good steward of your body. Here's the second decision. Decide not to base your identity on your physicality. Our culture wants to convince us that we are nothing more than bodies. And when you walk by the magazine rack, that's the message over and over. How ripped are you? How well are you dressed? How nice does your hair look? You're nothing more than an external appearance. I wonder if that's what happened to Samson. It's pretty obvious that when he uh, was attracted to women, all he cared about was outward beauty, not inward beauty. I wonder if Samson began to identify himself by his physicality and not by his relationship to God. Isn't it interesting that at the end of the story, when his eyes have been plucked out and Samson can no longer look on the external. He can no longer notice his look or anyone else's looks. In that blindness, Samson actually rediscovers his true self. Don't let your identity be found in anything but Christ. Because this body is fading away. But we don't despair. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Because our identity is in something that is eternal and lasting, not something external and fading. Listen a few verses later to what Paul says. We know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long for the day when we will put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. 
For we will not be spirits without bodies, but we will put on new heavenly bodies. Our dying bodies make us groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and have no bodies at all. We want to slip into our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by everlasting life. Now, God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Do you remember the name Mel Blank? He was the character who did all the voices for Warner's brother, Bugs Bunny and Elver Fudd and Porky the Pig. And on his tombstone are these words. That's all, folks. But the Bible says that's not all. Don't listen to the world that says all you are is an outer body. Inside you is God's Holy Spirit that says there is more to the story. You are more than flesh and bones. One more decision. Decide to make God look good. Because here's the deal. Looks change. Whatever's in style now won't be in style in a couple of years. Whatever is the fashion, whatever is the new look today won't be the new look soon. Because definitions of external beauty are always changing. It has to or they can't keep selling magazines. But there is a beauty that is always in style. And the model is named Jesus. If I could define discipleship in one short phrase, I would say discipleship is learning to look like Jesus. Now, you might be able to fix your face in a few moments, but developing a heart like Christ's heart, that's the quest of a lifetime. And the only way we can look more like Jesus is learning to surrender to that Holy Spirit within us who constantly reminds us of real beauty. 2 Corinthians 3.18 As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. That's why we want to look good so that people will see the beauty of Jesus in us we don't worship our bodies we offer our bodies to God as worship Romans 6 verse 13 use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God This world is in a quest that will never satisfy as it pursues the idol named looks. And it desperately needs a new witness. This world needs some new models. Young and old, black and white and red and yellow and brown, tall and short, wide and thin. Some new models of real beauty and it's so wonderful when we have a story of some people who get it 
who know that there is a beauty that's more than skin deep. Just recently, not far from here, some high school students showed us that example. Watch this, please. From deep in the heart of Texas, the story of a queen, the homecoming queen of Alito, Texas, to be exact, elected by her classmates at the Alito High School. Now, Alito is a short drive west of Fort Worth, and Ryan Owens went there to show you why we care so much about its high school homecoming queen. She may be the only homecoming queen in America who sleeps in her crown. She will not take it off. I like my crown so much. I wear it all night. You have not had it off? No, never ever. 18-year-old Kristen Pass has Down syndrome. She now also has a title many high school girls can only dream of. Miss Kristen Pass! Kristen seemed surprised when her name was called during the halftime of Friday's homecoming game in Alito, Texas. Her friends say she shouldn't have been. It's her attitude towards life. She is always up for anything. She's always has a smile on her face, even when she's down and... She's, she's pretty amazing. She just goes up to everybody and so friendly, and everyone, everybody loves her. Kristen's mother said the ceremony at this stadium was perfect, except for one thing. They didn't have enough tissues to hand out to the crowd. There was not a dry eye in the house. Everybody stood up and just was so excited and screaming and yelling and lots of tears. Everybody was crying for joy and just happy, happy for Kristen. So... Kids with disabilities are capable of so much, and you just need to give them the chance and encourage them, and uh, bring, bring lots of blessings to, uh, to all of us. I hope they learn that no matter who you are, everyone's the same, and you should treat everyone the same as well. Kristen seems to like the limelight. She's decided to study drama after high school. There's one role she's already mastered, the queen. Her story can be your story, the story of every child of God in whom the Spirit is birthing a true beauty, a lasting beauty, a beauty the world so desperately needs to see. I pray this week it will be your story and you will let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you.